0: Okay, here we are. Good evening. Ready to roll. Okay, we're going to learn. The Mimer, uh, this is this class, which is tonight, it's the end of Hey Tevis, which is a big Yom tiv, And uh, we learned Monday, we had the whole discussion about Yosef and Yehuda and the combination of those energies to facilitate the redemption. That's what we're learning about. And we're going to continue next week, Monday night, with some incredible, fascinating things. Now, one of the sources that I was going to read to you, that I was going to share with you um, this past Monday, but I didn't get to it, and therefore I rolled it over to next week, Monday, um, which was really part two of the class of Mashiach ben Yosef, Mashiach ben David, happens to be a discourse of the Tzema Tzedek in this week's parsha, Parsha's Vayigash. So... In honor of that, i decided that this Thursday night, being, though, being that there is no more Maimari in in Torah for us to learn, from the Alter Rebbe, so we learn from the Tzemach Tzedek, which we'll still talk about next week, his connection to the Geulah, Tzemach Tzedek, it's fascinating stuff. Uh, as we're going to see when the unification of Mashiach ben Yesid and Mashiach ben David, which is all connected to Hey Tevis, there's a lot to talk about, maybe we'll get to it at the end of the class, but um, this, we'll actually learn this discourse inside, and this is kind of flows right into what we were talking about. Anyways, the idea that we were talking about on Monday night was that um, there's a concept of a machine of Yosef and Yehuda, which both of them are in leadership positions in the Jewish people. There is a conflict of them. In the end of days, the two come together, and it's the theme of the parsha, the unification of Yosef and Yehuda, both in the story of Aygash, how Yehuda and Yosef come together. And also in the Torah where it talks about the prophecy of taking these two branches and unifying them both into one kingdom. So this unification, as I spoke, is also connected to the idea that there is an unification between the two Mashiachs. There's Mashiach ben Yosef and Mashiach ben David, Mashiach a descendant of Joseph and Mashiach a descendant of Judah. And um, we'll see how the two funnel together. But what's the idea? We have to understand how they represent. So I mentioned already on Monday night that the primary objective of Mashiach ben Yosef is to help the Jewish people complete their work during the exile. Mashiach ben Yosef is really the power of ending the exile. Or, as we're going to learn in today's discourse, we're going to see that Yosef's energy, Yosef is our sustaining force during the entire time of exile. We see that before the Jewish people went out to Egypt, uh, Yosef had to go there first. Even though we learned on Monday night that Yehuda also came, but Yehuda came for only a very short, brief period before they arrived. He was there, like, on the way down, Yaakov sent them to go ahead of them. So he was there a few couple of days before. But Yosef was there a couple of years before. He really paved the way for the Jewish people to go into exile because he is the sustaining force of the Jewish people during the exile, and he also enables us to complete the job in exile. Moshiach's job is already after the exile. Mashiach's job is to open up the future. Mashiach ben David. And that's why the Navi says that after Yosef's, the completion of Yosef's reign, Mashiach is going to be the ruler. The, the descendant of David is going to be the ultimate ruler of the Jewish people. Okay, so this idea I'd like to further develop in a bimer from the Tzemach Tzedek and say for Or and page 2216. This is an Or Chelek Vav. For those of you who want to learn the mimer inside, it's a very brief mimer, a page and a half, a very easy mimer, relatively easy discourse. So let's learn it together. So this week the parasha, Mo, uh, Yosef says to the brothers after they were very embarrassed when he revealed himself to them and he he, he shared with them who he is, and they felt so so ashamed, they didn't know what to do. They wanted to bury, they wanted to you know you know disappear in the ground. Yosef told them, don't be so ashamed and don't feel so terrible because. Hashem sent me over here to be l'michya, that I am a sustainer for you. As we know, that the world would have perished in hunger. And the family of Yaakov also would have been, God forbid, um, sorry, um, the family of Yaakov would have also been, um, uh, you know, there was no food. And Yosef is the one who prepared, that, they should, that was the simple meaning of this. He prepared, he prepared, he stored all the food from the years of plenty. And so that even though when it got tough, they were able to take out from the, from the, um, from the storages, the enormous amount of grains. And literally he saved, uh, he saved all the people, including his family. That's the simple meaning. A deeper level was he prepared when the Jews came to Egypt, they didn't come as low class citizens. They came as the family of the savior of Egypt. Yosef was a national hero, and they were his family. So they were treated with respect and honor, and therefore they were settled. They gave them the the, the nicest, the finest, the the richest neighborhood, the most fertile land was given to them. The best of the land was where the Jewish neighborhoods were built. Later, of course, since the decree of the exile, it turned into an oppression. But at least at the beginning, the onset, and the and uh, so that's on the on 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 the physical plane, on the spiritual plane. As I mentioned already on Monday night, Joseph went down to Egypt and he fought the demons. He, f- he fought the klipa. He fought the darkest monsters of Egypt, because as we and he, he, he had to we had to overcome all the temptation. Mitzrayim was a very 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 powerful headquarters. It was a very very powerful uh, um, 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 domain. A kingdom of evil, a kingdom of of sinfulness, promiscuity, and all kinds of other sins, and idolatry, and and and, and black magic, sorcery—all these various different things were very, very prevalent in Egypt and very strong in Egypt. And these are these are things that are extremely, extremely damaging to someone who wants to uh, be a godly person, a holy person. Um, so had Joseph, so Joseph had to go down there and first kill and break the forces of darkness weaken them so that we can go in there. And he also began the, the, he began the work of elevating the sparks of holiness. that's why we were going to Egypt in the first place to elevate those sparks. So when something is stuck you know someone comes first and he, and, he, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he loosens the spark maybe he didn't extract all the spark completely but he loosened them from the husk. It's like a certain procedure where you loosen first the, 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 the seed so that later it's easier work to take the seed out of the husk. So to take the sparks of holiness out of the klipa, Yosef did already a massive job because he was such an incredible super soul. And he had that ability to be able to uh, pave the way and enable the Jewish people. And as the mimer is going to explain, had Yosef not done his work, we would never, ever, ever been able to survive um, the Egyptian exile, but also we would not be able to survive the four latter exiles, which we spoke about also on this past Monday, and I told you how Goshen, Amitzrayim was the, 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 the root of all the exiles, and how in the city of the land of the neighborhood of Goshen, where the Jews lived, which is called Goshna in the Pasuk this week, is already hinted to all four exiles, the Gimel, the Shin, the Nun, and the Hay, each one standing for one of the other exiles, and by the Jewish people living there, and they were empowered by Yosef, this gave us the strength, the endurance, to be able to make it through, and we are able to give a class today in the year two thousand and twenty-one, almost two thousand twenty-two. tough pei beis, and we can still be speaking holy words and speaking about Hashem and godliness only because of the work that Yosef did then to empower us. I'll read inside. And the pasuk says, "As a sustaining power, God sent me before you." to make for you that you should have a a survivor in the land you should be able to survive you shouldn't you shouldn't um, you should be able to continue in the land and to enliven you for a great um a great rescue Yosef kind of rescued them to be able to survive in this very dangerous time. So again, the Pasuk on the simple level reads as a very, as a very local story that has to do with the people then and at that time. But really, this, this message is really a cosmic message. The power of Yosef, not just the physical Joseph who lived then, but the spiritual Yosef, is so. And his work gave has an enormous power, a sustaining power, to rescue the Jewish people, to empower us, to make it through the exile all the way to the end to what's called Plata Gedola. Plata Gedola is the great rescue, and he's going to explain later that's the coming of Mashiach, that's Plaita Gedolah. So in every parsha you have to find Mashiach. In parsha Vayigash, one of the strong ones, Plaita Gedolah, the great. The great plaita, the great rescue. Because Mashiach is going to rescue everything and everybody from darkness. And that's the plaita gedailah. But until that time, Yosef says, I'm in charge. Once we come to plaita gedailah, Yosef is going to recede to the background. And Yehuda is going to take over. But until we get to that part, it's Yosef's job. Yosef is the administrator. In Eichvan is Bal El Pashas Maked, so the Tzemach Tzedek it, it has been already explained in Pashas Makeds. The Indian and the idea, Shai Pashas Makeds he goes into a whole explanation of why Yosef had this an amazing, interesting um, talent that he was a dream, he was a dream um, interpreter. He was a dream interpreter. And so he explains that that idea that Yosef was able to interpret dreams is because Yosef—that has to do with the sublime level from where Yosef's neshama comes from—and that gave him that ability to be able to to undo the riddle of a dream. Every dream is a riddle. It says something, but it's all it's all entangled. It's all confused. It's 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 not it's not clear what the message is. And in order to be able to unravel the dream or un- untangle it and uh, clarify the confusion of a dream, you need to have a special soul that can do that. And that's Yosef's power. Because his root came Melech Yosef comes from the eighth king. Hadar, whose name is Hadar. Which kings are we talking about? So... In the end of Tarshish Vayishlach, it discusses um, the the lineage of the kings of Edom. And it mentions seven kings, where they had one king and he died, another king and he died. He became king and he died. A whole series of kings. And then, after the seven, it mentions an eighth king, and he's the last king. And his name is is Hadar. And by him, it doesn't say that he died. Obviously, he did die, because he didn't live forever. But yet, he was a king. It doesn't mention in the Torah that he died. So, uh, mystically, the Holy Ari reveals to us the secret. Who cares about these Edomite kings that the Torah has to spend? Like six, seven verses, or maybe more, seven, eight, ten verses. I'm not exactly sure how many verses there are, but it's quite a few verses. They're giving us the whole lineages of the ancient king of Edom. So we've discussed this many times. Then in these verses, it is alluding to these powerful primordial forces that were part of the, uh, inner, the, the um, flow of the of part of the process, if we can say, of creation. So in Kabbalistic, uh, in, in Kabbalistic writings, it discusses the idea that before we have our world that we have today, <clears throat> there was an ancient world. There was an ancient world that didn't last, and that world was called the world of chaos, the world of Tohu. And that world of Tohu didn't last and it collapsed. And all evil that we have in our world and all dark stuff that we have in our world is because our world was a second world in which debris from that broken world entered into our system. And therefore, all messed up aspects that there are in this world of mixture of good and bad and all kinds of negativity, it's all because there are remnants of that that collapsed world. And our job is to sort out because embedded in those dark elements that are from that ancient world are the deepest, most potent accesses to God. The greatest energies of the divine that are only going to be revealed in the messianic age. This intense energy is going to flow into the world and uplift humanity and uplift the world to incredible heights. It's when these lights from that ancient world are going to reveal itself. But now the only way to access them is through picking up these broken pieces. So that story of these uh, the, the, uh, that world shattering and breaking is the story of those seven ancient kings. Because they're from the world, from that ancient world, and when they ruled and they died. So again, the Hasidic explanation in it is that it wasn't a physical world. We're not talking about a physical world that existed and was broken. We're talking about some, we're not even talking about a creation. We're talking about some kind of an inner, inner breakdown within the divine realm some kind of a breakdown, some kind of a collapse within the divine. And obviously it was intentional. It was an intentional collapse that God collapsed energies within himself. And these are seven emo- emotions, seven spirits, seven attributes of the divine that God intentionally um, released enormous amount of energies that, th- that these spirits couldn't handle, and that's why they collapsed. And then these, and they, but they're represented, they stand for these seven kings. Now, they, when we say in the story of, um, of, of, of uh, in Boratia, over so the story of these kings, it's not, it's not that these kings were, were, it's not that these kings um, didn't live or that it wasn't a real story. It was a real story. If you were seven kings in the land of Edom, but just like we know Esav, who was the Edomite, the father of Edom, Esav um, was also a real person living in this world, and yet he embodied these forces of of, of Tohu. That's why he was such a madman. That's why he was such a ruthless, um, a ruthless uh, brute. He had this enormous amount of energy, but it was not. It was not. Uh, he didn't have the vessels. He didn't have the containers to live a to be able to use it correctly, cohesively, and, and in a correct manner. So he was just driven into all kinds of self-destructive behaviors. And not just self-destructive, but this, the forces that destroyed who knows how many lives. He was a murderer. He was a killer. He was a rapist. He was a, an evil person. He was a wild man. So That's what Esau So Just like Esau himself, so too the seven kings of Edom representing that world. They lived physical kings in this world, but they, they, were, they were like a replay in our, in our world, which is our world is not the world of Toh. Our world is the world of Tikkun. But they were a replay of the seven ancient kings that once lived. So we have those seven kings that shatter. And then there is the eighth. The eighth, that's the a illumination that came after the shattering. And that illumination is the empowerment to actually begin the process of rectifying everything that broke. Because again, when God broke them, he didn't break them with the intention to for the for for the for the for the breakage. God did not want a broken world for the purpose of a broken world. He wants the broken world so that we can be partners with him in fixing and creating the magnificent beauty that's gonna be when Mashiach. Come. And therefore, God once he brought about this, this, this new world, he created all of us to help sort out and to fix that broken world. Now, that energy of Tikkun, but it's not just the energy of Tikkun, the energy that immediately follows the intense forces of Toh, which that energy primarily is that first, first empowerment of God to, to, to fix that which broke. That's the eighth king. It's it's not the world of Tikkun yet. It's the source of the world of Tikkun. Since it's the source of the, of the new world of Tikkun. So it's a very, very, very powerful force because it has the power to fix everything that's broken and to sort out everything that's shattered. That king is called Hadar, Jadan means beautiful. Because the problem in the world of Toh is that there was no beauty. There was a lot of intensity, but no beauty. Because beauty only comes where there's harmony, and over there there was no harmony. In the world of, of, of Toh, there was no peace and cohesiveness. There was just intense energies that were in constant war with each other. So there was no harmony, so there's no beauty. But the power over here is the power is a power to harmonize, a power to unify, a power to to bring things together. Now, what he's saying over here in the minor is that Yosef's neshama, soul, originates in the eighth king. His soul is an embodiment of that energy of that eighth king. And that's why Yosef has a unique ability to number one, deal with the nations, because the nations come from the shattered world of Tohu. That's why Yosef is not a king over the Jewish people. He's a king over the nations, because he's meant to rectify the world of Tohu. In Egypt, he was also the leader of Israel, but he was mainly the leader of Egypt. So he's a leader of the nations. And secondly, Yosef has, his job is not in the land of Israel. He's not king in Israel. He's king outside of the land of Israel in Egypt, which is, again, the lands of Tohu, not the land of Tikkun. And over there, what is he doing? His, 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 his unique talent is to begin the process of elevating the sparks. Because that's what we do after the, after, in the shattered world of Tohu, we, to we need to go rectify and elevate the sparks. And that's the power of Yosef that he has. And again, what the connection is to dreams, he doesn't say it in this mind. He says, look over there is where he discussed this already. It's possible that the, the whole process, the whole idea of dreams is a, is a Tohu experience the element of dreams. And to be able to rectify a dream is to be meaning to, to interpret a dream is to be able to push away what's not important and to select the, the main important ideas and organize it. And that's what the process of beer is. To do a beer, to do a rectification is to take all these things, pieces, and reorganize it and put it together the way it should. Again, I'm not sure because I didn't today get a chance to look where he references, but if I if I recall on the previous that we learned that's kind of the idea. So again, he says, because Godoy saves power and his root, the spiritual source of his soul is from the eighth king, Adar. <in Hebrew> He's the one who does a tikkun in the world of Tohu. And what is the tikkun that you do in the world of Taw? <speaking in Hebrew> that it should be integrated into the world of tikkun. As we said earlier, what do we do with these broken shards? We integrate it into this world. We take things that are messed up, and by having our correct approach, we utilize these objects, this phenomenon, these forces. But we 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 we, we access their energies and we and we turn them into um 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 we turn them into productive forces. We utilize them in a correct and, and productive way to make the world better, kinder, gentler, caring, uh, make the world a better place, and especially using it in mitzvahs to fulfill the divine will. Through this, we take all these raw energies and we we these broken pieces and we integrate it into the world of tikkun, which is our world and ultimately the full developed tohu integration into Tikkun is what Mashiach's world is all about. And that's why we find an interesting thing as it says, one of the things that it says about Yosef is that he gathered all the money. He gathered all the money because everybody came, all the money of the world came to Egypt because it was a famine and no one had what to eat, so all everybody came to bring and Yosef gathered all the silver. I so mean silver, but it was all the money came from all the countries. And all that's where Egypt became the wealthiest. And Yosef was in charge of this whole project. And the Apostolic says he gathered all the kesa So there's something very deep over here. In addition to him, that Yosef became wealthy. It wasn't just him. Again, the treasures of, of, of Egypt became very wealthy. And then the Jewish people took all that wealth when they went out of Egypt. That's the point. And they built a home for God and the Mishkah. So this was all an introduction to the going out of Egypt. But what does the deeper mean? So the word kesef can also be understood as longing. Kesef also comes from the the root of the word kesef is longing. That's why money is the thing that people long for the most. People dream about money. Everybody's dreaming about making money. Because money, kesef, The definition of the word is longing. There's a longing for it. Yosef gathered all the the money, means he gathered all the broken longings that were in Egypt. These powerful energies of longing, powerful energies of love, misguided love, powerful forces of attraction, of love, which in Egypt, in ancient Egypt, was these these this powerful lo- longings were translated into very 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 corrupt forms of love and very different types of love and forbidden relationships and abusive relationships and all these kinds of stuff which is which egypt was full of that stuff going on and that was And Yosef was able to tap into those energy and gather those longings, extract it from its dark place. And then all that longing, which now longing really is ava, is love, it comes from the the side of chesed, it's kindness. Kindness is love. So Yosef gathered all the sparks of love, of kindness. Now, simply the way we understand it, the simple meaning is, That now we can take all that love, all that love, and turn it back to the right place. When the Jews went out of Egypt, they experienced enormous, enormous longing, crazy longing. It was longing to go to Sinai and to receive the Torah. They were burning up. As the days were getting closer and closer, they were literally going nuts they were they were they they were in such a state of of fervor and excitement and when they came to the mountain the in, the longing and the thirst and the and the yearning to experience the divine became so intense that every time god just opened his mouth they all died in the longing like they they were they were so pulled in into that intense love now it never occurred to me but really all this longing was was from the all non kosher it was all the all the dark longings that were in Egypt that they took out. Now it was all included in their souls. So now they can long for holiness. Now they can long for a mitzvah. So it was just a redirection of those energies to be in a good place. And that's how we elevate longing. That's what is a very mystical, beautiful idea, which is discussed in Hasidic writings. And the Altar Rebbe says to us, we shouldn't really consciously be involved in doing this. The Altar Rebbe says, he dissuades us from doing it because he says most people of us can get lost in this, we shouldn't try this, but it doesn't mean that we don't do it, but we don't. We shouldn't do it intentionally because we don't have the power to do this, most of us. Tzadikim could do this. And that is whenever you encounter a situation where you're longing for something not kosher, your heart is, you see something and it causes you to be attracted to it, and it's not a kosher thing. So according to Hasidus, The altar advice is immediately distract your thought and start thinking about something else. Learn Torah. Don't allow your mind to go into it because it's because don't say, oh, you know, I'm going to miss the repair, man. This is a dark thing that I've fallen. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to pick it up. So let me get involved with it because the link and the temper with it, you're going to let this thought linger in your head before you know it. You're going to end up doing a sin. You're going to end up being carried away with it. So the best thing for you to do is shut your mind completely off and go somewhere else. But for tzaddikim, for righteous people, for people that are enormous giants who the klipa won't pull them in, they have another way what they can do if they experience something like that. And that is, they, they immediately stop and say, what is this? What am I feeling? I'm feeling a lust, not am feeling a longing. This is a fallen spark of love that fell, and now it's in, it's, it's in the klipa. It's in an unholy form. So now I'm going to say like this. If there could be a longing for a pleasure in this world, which that pleasure is so minuscule, so tiny. Let's say it's a it's a it's a, year, a yearning for something beautiful. But the beauty that's there, why is something beautiful? Why is a person beautiful? Why is an object beautiful? Whatever the beauty is, or the pleasure is, it's because it's a tiny little 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 anything that's beautiful. It's a tiny little spark of the divine beauty of God's beauty. If there can be such a longing towards that, imagine how much longing there should be to its source. And then you suddenly create from this longing, you create a longing to God. And instead of longing, instead of, and then you grab that longing itself that's been floating in the air over here. This 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 this, this spark of longing and it's now swept up and it is causing you to long for God. You Now you're elevated it and brought it into your prayer and brought it into your connection to that's the concept of picking up picking up love. Now, you can also pick up fear. If you feel yourself suddenly experiencing an unhealthy fear, you feel a fear of anything that you shouldn't be afraid, you're intimidated by someone that you shouldn't be intimidated by, So you stop for a moment and you think, why am I scared? What's causing me this fear? This little creature is scaring me. This little dog is getting me nervous. It's barking. It's scaring me. I'm all afraid of it. But it's just a tiny creation of God. Who should I really fear? I fear God. He's the infinite being. So suddenly you take that spark of fear and you return it back to its source. You fear the one that ought to be feared. So you elevate this the fear. And so it is in every emotion. It's called Allah Amidos. You elevate the midos, which is also connected to raising sparks. Because why are these in a negative, why are they now in an unholy form? Because they're misguided. So Yosef, in particularly, what he did was he elevated all the silver, all the money, which money is the energy of love. Um, let's just translate it as silver. Silver is the energy of love. Yosef gathered all the love, all the kesef. And that's in Egypt. <Hebrew> Yosef since Yosef is the primary be one who elevates the sparks that have fallen, whom is and he corrects them, that they should be put into the, into the rectified world, which means we should put them into their proper place. That's why he did this avoda, his service, to gather all the, all the silver, all the money on him to the Mitzrayim that was in Egypt, And what was really embedded in this money, he gathered all the sparks of kindness, all the sparks of love, love and kindness, one thing. That they fell down in the shattered of of the vessels. Remember, in that primordial world of those kings who died, now Yosef is gathering up these sparks. And what what does it say? Yosef gathered all the silver. What does the Pasuk say? And he brought them base of Paro. He brought them into Paro's house. He was gathering. Simply, he was gathering all the money from everywhere, it was flowing from all over the world, and he was bringing it into the king's treasures, the house of power. What is the mystical meaning of it? So, generally, here's where the mimer takes a little twist, which is a little different than the usual. Usually, when we speak about elevating sparks, what's the point of it? We elevate the spark back up to its source. And then after you elevate a spark up to its source, it now draws down incredible energy from its source. Because like we learned in Hasidus many times, that um, your food that you eat can enrich your prayer. That your a, a person's prayer or a person's Torah study or a person's any kind of spiritual experience can become enormously enriched, literally, from a piece of chicken that you eat, uh, a sandwich that you had, a salad that you ate, whatever it is. How do these things enrich your prayer, other than it gives you physical strength to do these things, but other than that hasn't enriched it? Let's explain. The spark that's in the food is higher than your song. So in and on of our own, our soul can only reach a certain capacity, a certain level of divine experience. But these sparks come from a place higher than our soul, the sparks that are in the food, and, but they're in a dark place. When we eat the food and utilize the energy to serve God, then we elevate that spark to its source, and then we hop onto the elevator, and as the spark rises, we rise as well. Or another way of looking at it is the spark goes up to its source and then it showers down illumination from its source. And that illumination can illuminate incredible lights from above. That's a general idea. But now he's going to take it and put it into a particular form. He says, as Yosef gathered all the silver, which is all the the longings and all the sparks of holiness out of Egypt, he elevated them back up to their source to the enormous, and therefore he attracted the enormous energies of Tohu, which are powerful energies. And then he brought those energies back down to reveal themselves in this world. And that's the idea that he brought them to the house of Paro. Bringing it to the house of Paro is not an inward gathering, but it's actually, it's brought to the house of Paro to be distributed. And I'll generally you learn it. He brought it to the house of Paro to be kept there. No, no, no. It was brought to the power house of power to be distributed. What does that mean? Paro. So let's now, now we have to redefine Paro a minute, get a deeper understanding in Paro. Paro is the king of Egypt, the pharaohs. But in Torah, everything has multiple meanings. So according to the mystical teaching, who is Paro? Paro, the word Paro comes from the Hebrew word, parua. Parua means revealed. Um, there's many there's many words in the Torah that indicate parua. When it says by Sota that they have to uncover here, it says roishay Perua. Here is uncovered. Um, Kiprua Aaron. Aaron exposed the Jewish people. He revealed their 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 evil. Moshe says, "By the eagle, by the by the golden calf." Again, paruah means revelation, when something is uncovered and revealed. Paro, therefore, means the source of divine revelation, which is malchus. We know that every every revelation from godliness into this world has to go through all the spherot. But where it? But as, as it's traveling through all the attributes, it's still it's still in inside. When does it exit out into the creation, into the world? It has to go through speech, just like we. You know, I can have inspiration, I can have ideas, but as long as I don't speak it, it's not going anywhere. It has to go into the mouth. The mouth is the speech. So the mouth is called Pharaoh. Because the mouth is the revealer, is where it reveals. So Yosef gathers all the silver. and he bring, Now, by doing that, he brings all these sparks of kindness back to their source. And then he delivers them to the house of power, which means they should be ready to be revealed when we need them. What should be revealed? Powerful energies of kindness should be revealed. When when, when will they be revealed? When will these powerful um, um, energies of kindness, that again, let's follow, follow the path of these kindnesses. These are enormous energies of kindness, of love that come from the primordial, infinite light of God. But because it was not because of a a lack of vessels and a lack of containers, these energies collapsed and broke. And there's a whole shattering and a whole story over here. But these are very potent forces. And again, all seven emotions collapse. But we're focusing particularly on the silver on longing, on the love. Yosef gathers all these elements of kindness. That's where they come from originally, but now they're collapsed. He takes them back and he rectifies them. And he puts them in a storage house. He puts them in a vault. Which vault? Pharaoh's vault. What's the point of it? He puts it in the vault that it should be ready for revelation. Pharaoh is the the house of... In other words, he's not storing it away to be hidden. He's storing it away to be used, to be distributed. When? So let's see an amazing thing. Paro <speaking in Hebrew> <speaking in Hebrew> <speaking in Hebrew> is called the revealed world. That's, what does it mean, the revealed world? It doesn't mean a world. It means the level of the divine that's called the revealed world. That's Malchus. <speaking in Hebrew> that's called <speaking in Hebrew> And what is it doing over there? <speaking in Hebrew> today this awesome in order to distribute this to the Jewish people, during the enormous long time of the exile. That means that Yosef was packing a picnic bag. Yosef was packing a, a you know, when you pack a picnic bag, what do you take a pack a picnic bag? Pack a picnic bag so when you're not in a place at home, you're not, you're on a journey, you're taking a long hike. So every year in your home, whenever you're hungry, you go over to the cabinet, to take, whatever you take, go to fridge, you make yourself lunch, you make yourself dinner, you have food accessible. When you go on a long road trip, you gotta pack up the ice chest, you gotta pack up the thing. And what happens if you're traveling for a very long time? Jewish families we know when we go, we pack like anything, like this, the food like that. Why? Because we're always paranoid, because not so many kosher restaurants if you're going away from the main. Up. So, you go, you pack up like crazy, you know. So, Yosef packed up. This is what he did. Yosef sus- brought into the vault to sustain the Jewish people that want to living in the land of Israel. It's like being home. We're living in a divine paradise. We're living next to our home. So, we go to the temple. We can constantly eat. We can sustain ourselves with spirituality. We have enough light to constantly, it's like being at home where you don't need to have. Storage because you're home. It's everything is available. If you don't have it in the house, you go around the corner. You go to the grocery store. You, you know, you, you go to the you go to the pizza shop. <laughs> everything everything is at is, is close by. But when you're going off away from home, you pack. So Yosef Atzadik gathered all this kindness not to be used. Yosef's energy is not used when Jews are living in the land of Israel. At the time of the Geula, the time of uh, whatever we had a temple. Yosef stored this all the way, that this should be that God sends me to sustain you when? During the time of exile. Just like Yosef did in Egypt during the time of exile, but also during the four exiles and primarily in our exile, this long 2,000 year exile, we need to have divine sustenance. And Yosef is a sustainer. This energy is there. And look what he says. calls my hadav mechasadim from these sparks of of kindness, shall yadayzer through this lizboil ha We should have the ability to withstand the four exiles. when the Jewish people are out in the diaspora, scattered across the entire world amongst the nations, shall chasadim elu through this. Uh, distribution through this handout of these, the flow of these kindnesses. We will have a remnant, we will have a sustaining force to keep us alive amongst the nations. In all the exiles, our entire endurance and our entire survival. It's all through these flow of kindnesses. Which comes through Yosef, who was plugged in to Hadar, who was the eighth king. Which is the element of Yosef. Who gives us sustenance in the exile. And they by giving us by distributing these chassadin, maat maat releasing it little by little it's a huge treasure so he releases it little by little all that you know it's interesting because in chassidus it says that in, in in kabbalah it says that in total in total there's 288 sparks. 288 sparks, the sum total of sparks of holiness that fell down during the collapse and the shattering of the vessels. 288 sparks, Reish Peshas. And again, it's explained in last week's Parsha's of two weeks ago, that each spark gets splintered into billions. But that's why there's so many. But really, it's 288 root sparks. And in Egypt, we elevated already 202. Rav, that's what it says. Vegan Ariv Rav, a mixture. Rav is 202. Reish Base. We elevated 202 sparks. What's left to fix? 86. Gamatria elokin. This 86 sparks of holiness. Is all that is necessary throughout the entire exile? Is another 86 sparks of holiness. So you wonder, okay, so we elevated all this. So what, what happens with those 202 sparks that we've elevated then where it's sitting in the storage house all this time? We're busy, ready for that. Since Joseph's time, since just left Egypt, we're busy with the other 86 sparks. What happened with the 202? It's just sitting frozen. They froze it in the freezer. Where are they? <laughs> so now we see those 202 sparks are all in the storage, helping us in our final work to get these last 86. I don't think we take the essence of the 202 sparks, but we take the dividends from them. You know, they're in the they 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 they're, they're providing chesed. They're providing enormous. Now, how do we understand this chesed that, that is being flowing to us? I, the tzaddik is not. He, he's going to say something. I'm going to share with you in a moment. He's going to go further, but I think it, it it refers to many things. Number one, on the most simplest of levels, the time of golos is the time of God's wrath, the time of judgment, the time of gavurim we're entering into pockets of extreme gevura, and therefore, those that are in this, in the setting of gevura, God forbid, should be in a constant state of horrific suffering. That's what exile is, suffering. You're going into the demon, you're going into the judgments, you're going into the forces of, of darkness. Where there's a lot of judgments and Klippa, that's the gulos. It's 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 din. It's judgment. And God forbid if we would be left only to the mercy of these judgments, then forget about it. So there is a constant injection into every situation, wherever Jews are, into every country, into every place, into every 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 period, where things get rough. There is a flow, there is an injection. Yosef is there to inject a little chesed the chesed brings relief it brings relief suddenly like for example jews go through a rough time suddenly there's a couple of years of tranquility peace and calm or there is some kind of a decree and things are bad and suddenly a miracle happens and there is like it gets smoother we always have that throughout that's our, all the stories we tell throughout all of our eggs all the stories all the books like there was a trouble there was a problem Jews were terrified of what to do and then a Yeshua came and then on an the Yeshua, both at an individual level and for, on a communal level, and for the Jewish people as a whole, constantly. So these are injections and infusions of chesed, of God's kindness and love, in the midst of the darkness. We feel a little kiss of God. We feel a little revelation. In other words, Golos is a time of Anochi astir, astir panai God is concealing his face. Yet in the midst of the Golos, God is constantly going peekaboo, opening his Opening his his thing and showing, him, which means there's little little injections and infusions of kindness. These kindnesses were stored to nurture us during the time of exile. And who is the one who distributes it? Yosef distributes. And we have to understand that Yosef is more than a person. Yosef, he's a phenomenon. He's an energy. He's dynamic. What dynamic is he? He's Yisod. Yisod is Yosef. He's the sixth. Which we know Yisod is tzaddik. It is is the aspect of tzaddik. So, what does the Alter Rebbe say when when he says about tzaddikim, he said God saw that there are few tzaddikim and He scattered them throughout all the generations. The tzaddikim are all Yosef. That's what they are. The tzaddikim, all the tzaddikim, and they're the miracle workers. They're the ones Jews and every place. whenever there's a problem, they're People run to the tzaddik, especially from the days of the Balshemtoh. When the gullis ran into our last stretch of exile, which is like the darkest stretch, Hashem provided us that the tzaddik is very visible. You have a bolshem tov, you have his students, and these are the yosefs, and they provide relief in the most darkest times. They infuse these. Just, they have access to Yosef's treasure, and they're and they're handing out the Yosef thing. And interesting. The previous rebbe, he's the eighth king. Because he's the eighth to the Baal Shem Tov, and his name is Yosef. And he came at the darkest time to give the Jewish people a hope during the time of the Holocaust, during the time of the pogroms, during the time of the, the communists' total shutdown of Judaism and, and spirituality in Russia, where Jews were starving physically to death. And he was the one feeding them and sending money and doing and helping and miracles and in the hardest of time connection to Yosef as the eighth one. In any case, but this is the idea that God's there's a little, there's little spurts of kindness, but it's so amazing if you trace it, where did it come from? Yosef at prepared a picnic. Best to help us go when we're on a journey. We will be able to sustain ourselves, and that's why Yalakit Yosef is called He prepared it base paroi in to be ready to enter the world. Paroi was the funnel that's mouthful through where everything enters, and he put over there enough kindnesses that during the time of exile, the Jewish people should be able to receive from these kindnesses to sustain us. In addition to this. He he feeds us with spiritual energy and faith. Faith. Primarily, which faith? The faith in Mashiach. That's that's part of this illumination. And this is a primary. Like we see in the story of Mitzrayim, what did did Yosef, besides giving them food and everything, what did Yosef give them before he passed away? He gave them over the promise of paklic pakavati, that God is going to remember he's going to take you out. And for the, three, the 210 years that they were there, or the 100, the, the, over 100 years of suffering, they remembered that promise that Yosef told them the entire time, and that's what kept them alive. They had an animaman the sa Moshiach, which in those days Moshiach was Moshe. They knew all, and without that faith, they would not have survived. And the same is in our exile. It's, it's Yosef HaTzadik who feeds the Jewish people the faith in Mashiach. And that's why you see that that's the job of the Tzadikim. The Tzadikim bring out that faith. Without the Tzadikim, we would lose that faith. Mashiach, the Tzadikim keep Mashiach burning in our soul. And primarily the previous Rebbe was the one who awoke the Jewish people to Mashiach. And if, if you know a little history, you know what was going on in the days of the previous Rebbe. Oh, it was like, and when the, the, the pregame, they came out with the announcement that if we do tshuva, Mashiach will come. the altal, the tshuva, out of gula. He came out with these co carriers, Mashiach, with these powerful announcements. People thought he was crazy, and they they people got the Jewish world from Jewish world, the, the religious Jew got very nervous with this Mashiach talk, and the Rebbe, Mashiach, 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 Mashiach the entire time, to pump the Jewish people with Mashiach energy. It's all coming from the power of tzaddik. Of Yosef. That's the kesef. That's the love. Let's read inside. Like a person. Like it is a a metaphor to a person. That he prepares. Provisions for the way. If you're going on a long distance. You got to pack a lot of food. You have to take a lot. You have to store up a lot. That the entire duration of your trip, you should be able to constantly, you know, go and and, and open up your 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 food chest and take along. you go until you will arrive to your destination where you won't need this packed food. Had the tzemach says we see it literally, we can see it literally with our eyes. For who, and this is the idea, that all the Jewish people are believers, the children of believers. That's our Nash that we get. That's our sustaining force. Our whole length of our goal, of our exile, this long exile. Now what we have a belief. What's our belief? that Mashiach will come. Believe, Suffolk with spek There isn't a shadow of a doubt that Mashiach has come. How is it possible that the entire nation believes in the Mashiach? After so many, so many letdowns, and taking so long, and we say it in even though it's taking longer and longer, but we still believe. This, this, this belief never died out. Even on the on the cattle cars to, to Auschwitz. The belief never went out. And it's even a bigger kiddish after the Holocaust. There's no this constant belief. Never. How's it possible? It's a set emuna, set faith. The and it's so absolute, believe in the heart. Very few times you'll see Hasidus. The Rebbe doesn't stop talking about Mashiach, but this finding it in a minor from the Tzemach Tzedek. This idea that you didn't have an emunah in a, a and Bias on Mashiach. I tell you, this is very rare words. That's why this is a gem of a minor. The physically and the strengthening of this emunah, it's not rational, it's not logical. Any person who's logical and rational can laugh the whole faith off. You're just coming from a very logical place. You'll laugh. you say, come on, how long are you going to believe in this? You know, your grandparents, your great grandparents, your great grandparents, they believe that's going to happen a thousand years ago. It didn't happen. So come on, drop the whole thing. It, it, it's, 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 total, it's a total fanatical belief. It's not like a, 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 a thing. But, but for us, it's not a question. We know it's going to be. It's, it's so rooted in our essence. That's what Yosef is giving us. That's the super soul of Yosef. He's feeding us this faith. He's that eighth king he gives the Jewish people he nurtures them with this kindness he gathered this faith, he gathered so much of this amuna in Mitzrayim and he gives it, he sends it out like he injects it throughout all the generations, he injects a little bit to enliven us, to sustain them to sustain them that we should have this Amunah should be strengthened. Even though it's beyond beyond our mind, beyond our understanding. That's why Yosef was so busy. Yosef could see till the very end. Yosef looked ahead thousands of years. He saw our generation. He saw all the hardships and the troubles of the darkest times. And he did not stop working then to make sure to gather all this chesed, all this Kesef, all the silver, all this, um, what's, Kesef is revelation. When you believe in something, it's because something is shining in you. It's a godly light that's shining in you, or else we wouldn't believe. he was so busy all this time. Now he was busy physically working. He worked in Egypt. He was in charge of everything, but by working over there, he extracted all the silver, which in this silver contained these, these sparks of holiness, of chesed, of kindness. And he grabbed, he took that all. <speaking in Hebrew> that no one can raise their foot or their hand. Mitzrayim. <speaking in Hebrew> kol Through this, he, through that laborious work, he was able to elevate all the sparks of kindness. <speaking in> ha <Hebrew> that I mentioned before. <speaking in Hebrew> That this should be our chayes and our sustaining during this long exile. V'zeu, and this is the meaning: why it's called a kesef animza. Yosef gathered all the kesef, all the silver that was found. So he stored it all for us. Now, hey Tavis we're celebrating the fact that the rebbe was able to get to feed the rebbe's library. That's also a gathering of Yosef. Mean that? Yosef gathered over many years, Yosef, our Yosef in our generation, also the eighth one from the Belshazzar, gathered many books, gathered and gathered and gathered. And then there was a contention on the library. Same idea. There's a certain gathering. And then it came, Beisei Paroi. The Rebbe is, is in this sense paro, because the Rebbe is Malachos. So it all comes in on Hey Tevis, It all comes into the house of Paro. So that's the connection to be revealed in the world. The Now, the sitter of the Altar Ebba. The Altar Ebba also talks about a gathering of these sparks of kindness. Where does, he, where does he talk about this gathering of these sparks? Again, there are sparks of everything. There are sparks of pleasure, there are sparks of, of, of fear, there are sparks of beauty, there are sparks of victory every experience that we have, and energies, these energies are scattered all over. Sparks of wisdom, sparks of intelligence. But one of the things that exist are sparks of chesed. So the Rebbe also talks in the Siddur about the gathering of the sparks, the sparks of kindness, where in Davini we say, it's in the last, um, second to the last halaluko. We say every day a bunch of halalukas in the and the verses of song that we say in, before Bishachris, before Baruch before, before Az Yashir. So one of the halalukas, it says Tihim his praise the Kahal Hasidim. So if you grew up in Borough Park, like me, you knew Kahal Hasidim is a shul on 14th Avenue or 49th Street. It was the place whenever there was a good Kiddush, because someone, like a person who had a little bit more money, made a bar mitzvah, I think, Hashem, he made the thing in Kahal We used to always have our Kadeshim in the old shul, put our little herring and cake. But once in a while, we had a rich cousin or a neighbor, and they made a big simcha. They made it in Kaal <laughs> That's what Kahal meant to me when we were kids. You go into Kaal Chassidin. That was the name of it. And it was a good Kiddush. It was a good and It was a good Google. And it's so funny how you have like the memories when you're a kid. And you'd go to Kahal Hasidim, that's where the party was at. <laughs> Any case, but um, what is Kahal Hasidim? Kahal Hasidim means Kahal, a gathering, a congregation of Hasidim. But the Altareb and Hasidim are Hasidim, we know Hasidim. But there's another meaning. He looks like he's praised because Hasidim is after the Altareb says, after we gather all the Hasidim, Hasidim are the sparks of kindness, Chesed that are scattered all over the world. At the end of the exile, we gather them all together. That's called kahal chassidim. It's the energies of love from the entire world that is all coming together. And that's when his praises. So shom But there he explains it a little different than he's explaining it over here. Because over here he's explaining that Yosef gathered all the chassidim, all the all the energies of Chesed, and he stored them to be a sustaining force during the time of exile, to be distributed back to us during the time of exile. But over there he explains a little different. Over there he explains. Over there he explains that the sparks of Chesed. So let's add some. means when the Chesed energies come back together again. Now, if they're gathered, it means that. What? That once upon a time, they were dispersed. Whenever you speak about a gathering, the whole notion of gathering can only be for something that was once not gathered, once it was once dispersed, and then you gather. So the there, the alpha explained. So, according to what we learned in the mind, let's go back forward. We learned till now the dispersion of these of these of these um, asset energies happened by the shattering of the vessels before creation. That shattered. That created the Hasidim to scatter. That's all the sparks. Yosef, Yosef created kahal Hasidim. Yosef gathered all these all these sparks together and he brought them together. But the Alter explains no. The al in his mind explains that the that the Hasidim are the Jewish people, because Chesed is a flow of energy, a flow of light, revelation. Every Jewish soul, every neshama. Is a burst of divine light. Where a soul is, there is divine revelation. So when you take Jewish souls and you sprinkle them around the world, that's the taking sparks, the opposite of what we're talking about, talking about gathering the sparks. Here we're talking about taking these very chesed sparks and spreading them out, dispersing them. And then later, and, and what's the point? Why are they dispersed? The, these Jewish souls are dispersed around the world to elevate the sparks that are there. Comes out the sparks are not the chassidim. The chassidim are the elevators, not the elevatees. Just made up that word, but whatever. Not what is being elevated, but what the elevators, those that are going out to elevate, the extractors of the sparks. So the sparks are not the chassidim, the ones that are going out, the nishamas are going out to elevate the sparks. So the Tzemach is now going to deal with, the. he's going to reconcile his Pidush, that he said before, with the altar of his Pidush. Are we talking about the Hasidim, are the sparks that have been extracted, or are the Hasidim, the, 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 the points of divine energy, that go to the sparks that are stuck, which are come from Gevura? That's why they're stuck. And we have to shine upon them a light so that you can extract them. So it's a little different than we said. So let's read. Be'kal chassidim sham avu'in y'nitzutzei ha-chassadim shem mispazirim that these nitzutzei ha are scattered. L'varad es ha is to purify the sparks that are in the g'vurah b'chol meshech ha-godos during the time of exile. V'hu in yin pizzer yisrael v'no'umais That's the idea of scattering the Jewish people that come from chesed amongst the nations who are primarily rooted in g'vurah. L'fizeh, according to the Altareb Pirush. So according to what it says in the Siddur, the Alter Rebbe's Mimer. The Nitzutzei of Chesed, they are the Nishamas. What we learned over here is that the sparks of Chesed are given to the Nishamas to sustain us during the Gauls We get a spark of Chesed. Yosef empties the treasure trove and he's distributing them to the Nishamas. So there's another thing. The sparks are being given to the neshamas. The sparks of Chesed are being given to the soul to sustain us. That's the tzemach Pirush. But the Outer Ebbets Pirush is that the neshamas themselves, they are the sparks of Chesed. And they're being scattered around the world to elevate sparks that are stuck in the Gevur amongst the nations. And and Neshamas which comes from I am Shachem. So at first glance, why, it seems that, why, that there's a contradiction over here. There's two things that are not exactly the same. It's but the Altarev is don't seem to go hand in hand. It's really both the same. In other words, analyzing a little more carefully, we'll see it's one both the same. Why? This too is the idea that Yosef gathered the kesev. What does that mean? It's true. The nishamists themselves are also called sparks of kindness. So when God takes the souls and he scatters them around the world, it's distributing these sparks of kindness. But initially these very sparks of Jewish souls that are being now scattered all across the world, including some of them in Los Angeles, these very sparks of Jewish souls that have been distributed were once, they themselves were once stuck in Egypt. In other words, let me put it this way, the Jewish souls are the extractors of sparks. The Jewish souls are sent into the world to extract sparks. But they were once... They themselves were also once stuck in the exile. The souls themselves, before they became the extractors, they themselves needed an extraction for themselves. Because it's explained in the Difit Mambarum, which we studied already. One amazing Bir Hazohar that we learned two, three years ago. That part of the treasure trove of sparks of holiness. Remember we said before, 202 super sparks were stuck in Egypt. That's the majority. There's only 86 left. And all the four exiles were just doing 86. But in Egypt, there were 202. So 202 of these of these sparks, some of it was the money in Egypt. So it was embedded in all aspects of Egypt. But one of the most important elements that was part of that energy, part of that treasure trove, of sparks that was stuck in Egypt were the future jewish souls the jewish souls themselves were in egyptian entrapment what does that mean that when the 70 when this when this family of 70 people which we read in this week's parsha went down to egypt they obviously had jewish souls but they were a tiny minority of their own jewish souls they were a tiny minority of the Jewish people. Most of the Jewish peoples, which will later be part of the Jewish people, were already souls, but they were not in physical bodies. They were just stuck in the klipah of Egypt. Egypt had the the, the the spiritual forces of Egypt had these souls locked in their in their grip. We went down to Egypt To take these souls out. And how do we take these souls out? Simply by having children on Egyptian soil. When the Jewish people had babies and children procreated in Egypt, they were then emptying out these souls from the grip of the Klippa and bringing them into the Jewish people. That's why the Egyptians were getting so nervous when the Jewish people were having children as we see, they were getting the most upset. That's what that's what bore all the decrees was because they couldn't they couldn't live with the overpopulation of the Jewish people. It was bothering them so much because they were feeling that we were draining their energy. These souls, and that's why the biggest mitzvah in Egypt, Jews weren't really doing much but having babies. And that itself was the, the extraction. So both are true. True that there is an idea of taking the Jewish souls themselves later become extractors. They are the forces of Chesed that go around the world to extract, but they themselves are first the extracted. So it works together. Many souls fell into Egypt. Like it was explicitly. The blessing that Yaakov blessed. This is referring to that mimer that we learned a few years ago. And the exile of Egypt, through the Jewish people having children, they gathered it. They gathered all these souls. That's why God says to Yaakov this week in the Parshah, don't be afraid to go down to Mitzrayim, because to a great nation I will make you there. That's a strange thing. Why can't he he only make him? He wants to to make me a great nation. Make me a great nation over here. Why do I have to go there? What's, well, what's the idea? He's going to make me a great nation over there. Make me a great nation. You can't do it over here. Because the souls are there. You got to go down there and collect it over there. Over there, you will become a great nation. come on, and like will be explained. Oh, and then once these souls were collected and they came down in Jewish bodies, then we went out of Egypt and we went to Sinai, to Har Sinai, and we received the Torah. These souls that they were redeemed themselves now became the redeemers of the rest of the world. Are they now? These are the shamans. Now God took these very souls and scattered them around the world to extract the sparks of holiness that are elsewhere. And during this time that we are scattered to elevate sparks, we need a little energy too. We need a little bite too. So for that, we get these what these sparks of chesed that Yosef is feeding us. We are then scattered into the in the rest of the exile in order to elevate the two hundred eighty-eight sparks, mainly the last eighty-six sparks. And when the bitter will be is over, and when this bitter is over. There will be Kibbutz agoli, It will be the gathering of the exiles. The and that's why that's when we say the praise will be chasidim. When the when when all the shamans come back together, because we finished all the sparks. So the GameF So therefore we can say, In addition to what we were saying before, that first the neshamas are extracted and then the neshamas are scattered out. But in addition to that, as he's saying now, the nitzutzei chasadim, the chesed, is giving koyach to our modern, I think. Our neshamas now, that are now scattered in the world, the koach that we have to elevate sparks is coming from what Yosef gathered then, and he's feeding our souls. Now That's how we have the power to do a bir. Then both rushim fit, both explanations. Is that the, the, the chesed energy is a sustaining power. It sustains, the nishamas are the ones that are, the nishamas themselves, put it this way, the nishamas themselves are sparks of chesed, to elevate the sparks. But the nishamas themselves need a chesed to them now the Nishamas are the illumination to the world, but the Nishamas themselves need illumination. And these are these sparks that Yose feeds us during the time of Golos to, 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 to help us do that job. Which includes the ability for us to elevate sparks, our Ramuna and Biya Samashiach, and as I think, as I mentioned earlier, in general, all the all the all the times that God is showing us kindness during the time of Golos, these are all these sparks of chesed that Yosef has put aside for us. And again, who's feeding it to us? That comes through the Yosefs of the generations, which are all the tzaddikim, that are meant to sustain the Jewish people during the time of God. And this is what Yosef says to his brothers. Now don't be sad. Because God sent me to be your sustainer because Yosef went down to Egypt in order to elevate these sparks of chesed we said earlier in order to sustain you to you that you should be able to survive the four exiles and particularly most of the energy was necessary for our last exile All of this is coming through the flow of chesed that we have coming from Yosef's stash. Which through this we have a remnant and a survival in the land. So beautiful. And to enliven you until which time? Until the plate to Gedoyla, until the great redemption. That's how we learn plate to lot Pidush. After a plate to Gedoyla, <inaudible> until there will be a plate to Gedoyla. Until there will be an awesome redemption. The highnu b'gmar v'tachlus kol abirudim. When all the birudim and all the sparks of holiness are going to be elevated, kissei yushlam kol When we're going to finish all of the rectification, she'azi yovei Moshiach b'me'ido b'me'nu amni. Which then Moshiach will come, and then. Yosef's job is complete, because once Mashiach comes Mashiach takes over and that's the second branch that's the branch of David that's put together with Yosef's branch <speaking in Hebrew> until that time we need revelation and the of chesed and the chesed comes from Yosef and now the Yosef Yosef is the one who's going in Kabbalah we learned this other times chesed and Yisoyed are very deeply connected. That's why Avram Avinu was the first one to have the bris milah, which is Yisoyed. And we know that the, the Zohar says that there is boiker of Avram. By Avram it says boiker, Vayashkim Avram va And by Yosef it says how oyer, the boiker of, when, when, when boiker came and Yosef gave chase after, he sent this person to chase after the Shvatim so the Zohar says um, that David Tehilim says uh, I forgot he uses the word in two times Boker I wait for you in the morning so the Zohar says it's referring to the two Bokers, the Boker of Avram and the Boker, Boker means morning the morning of Avram and the morning of Yosef because Yosef is really the Yosef, so this the what's Chesed? so As long until Mashiach comes, we need an incredible hashpa of chesed in the world to illuminate. Once Mashiach comes, we don't need the coming from above, because Mashiach's job is to unearth all the godliness coming from below. that's It's a, a very deep idea over here. It's two different channels. There's a channel of ma. Ma energy is, is a flow of godly energy from within. There's ba. Is feminine energy. That's the natural godliness that's within the world. Moshiach is going to unlock that, and then godliness flows from the bottom. It flows from the physical upward, not from the spiritual worlds. The whole idea of the Tzadik is that he's a channel of the higher worlds into this world. It's it's, and that's what's it's so amazing. We don't realize. Who Yosef, and and including the Yosef of our generation, the previous Rebbe, and in the previous Rebbe. Until 1988, till 1995, we're going to talk about this on Monday. Until until week, until hey, Tavis, it's like all connected. Until this time, it's all a flow of tzaddikim and energy downward, and the Rebbe is the one that turns it all around. It stops being energy from below, from above. It starts being the 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 the, the, the godliness from below starts to illuminate, starts to shine. It doesn't need anymore. And once the the energy, the godliness that's here in the physical world will reveal itself, it ascends higher than all revelation, even of the highest, highest revelation. Because the root of David and the root of Malchus is higher at, than the, than, than, than the root of Yosef. And that's the idea that feminine energy is higher than masculine energy because the feminine is the root, is mouthless. And it is really sourced much higher than mouthless. But as long as there's exile, you still need the chesed flow the entire time. But once we reach the end, once we reach the plate of Gedolah, the great redemption, boom! And then Yosef is already his his avod is over, and then begins the avod of David. And that's the Haftorah. Once there's the great redemption. That's what he's planning now. Once we finished elevating all the sparks and what happens, Shane ban. Ban is the the mixed world of good and bad. Ban is one of God's names, but it's the source of the physical world and of the creation where there is a mixture of good and bad. Well, once that's rectified, so then the name of 52 is elevated completely. It will go up to its root, to its source. Yosef is the channel for ma. 45. It's the name, of the eighth king is related to ma. Um It's the... Uh, that's why it says about uh, this king Hadar, it says Veshen Ishday, the name of his wife, Mahatabel. Ma is her name, and Tabel. Want to see something cool? Yud and Lamed. Yud and Lamed is forty. Lamed is thirty. Yud is no. Lama is 30, Yod is 10, so it's 40. Tes is 9, 49. Bays, 51. When you spell the word Mahatabel, it's Memhe, it's 45, and then 51, which is really 52. It's the number leading up to 52. So what's the name of the King Hadar? Ma and Bam together. Because he's the energy of Ma, that's the world of Tikkun, to fix Vardhan, the 52. And it's the eighth king. So once that's elevated, 52 is elevated, in Kabbalah and it says, it goes up higher than the source of the name of 45. It goes up to the name of 63, which is, lights are far more powerful than any revelation that ever came from above. That's higher than the name of 45 that does the fixing. This it says, The woman of valor is the crown of her husband. That is fixed. The extracted name of, 40, of 52 will rise higher than the extract term, which is 45. That's the idea that the body, which was rectified by the soul, is going to be higher than the soul. And the physical is going to be higher than the spiritual. And what's going to happen then? David Avdi and That's when David is going to become the king. David, my servant. She David is Yehuda. David was from Shavit Yehuda with Yehuda Shane Bam the name of 52, Yisrael, he will be elevated He's going to be the shepherd for all of the Jewish people. He's going to be above Yosef. Like we discussed earlier in the passage we didn't discuss it today, but he explained it in the Bible, Yigash Yehuda, like you see. That who is who who who's in charge during the confrontation between Yehuda and Yosef. Yosef is 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 higher than Yehuda. Yehuda is, is begging pleading for mercy from Yosef. But that's that's only that's that's the current that's the way it is until Mashiach comes. When Mashiach comes it flips over. Sha'allah Malchus will rise as she is from her source and earth will precede heaven. Shu'in Aliyah Shemban, that's the idea of the elevation of the name of 52. Bisamach Gimel in 63, Shalamaila Shem that's above 45. Shubchenas Yais, which Yisef is the energy of 45. Keniskali El, as we said earlier. Aval But until that time that we have this great platah, this great um, this great rescue, but during the entire duration of exile, Shaloy Nizbareshane Banadayan. The chain Ban has not yet been elevated, the completely, then Yosef is the one who does the work of doing the birur, canal, that's Yosef's level, he's the eighth king, he's the one that converts Tohu, the world of chaos, into Tikkun, into the world of rectification. Everybody has to come on to Yosef, Shememenu From him is the nail, from him is the he's the anchor. Through Yosef, we, we get all our power. He is the one who rules over the earth. And he rules, he rules over Malchus. From her, from from him comes the Shefa the, that that's during the time the, that there is a certain masculine dominance. But that's only till Mashiach comes when it will turn around. And now, the way the system is now is that heaven is higher than earth. But when Mashiach comes, earth will be higher than He He's the one who gives you that, that sustenance. And that's why Asaf, who's Asaf? Asaf is one of the children of Korach. And he was a Levite. And he went down together with his father under the earth. But later he did shuva and he was re- he was released from under the earth. He came back up. And he composed certain songs for the temple, for the Beis Amigdash. And in one of his compositions, he speaks about the Jewish people in exile. And he says, Noheik katsoin Yosef. Now, Yosef is, is the, is the Noheik, is the one who leads us. Yosef, Hazina, the shepherd of Israel. Hazina, listen. That he's singing the praises of Yosef. She's Asaf. Asaf is praying. Asaf is praying on oh, the, the length of exile. He needs to mention Yosef because that's the whole power to sustain us during this. He is the one that sustained us with this energy. To sustain us, because my goal during the time of exile, until there will be the great rescue. then becomes the nasi. Elachin Omar Yosef himself says it. I am alive in you. until the great Plato. But there was a whole argument between Yosef and Yehuda when they were arguing over the stolen cup that was hidden in Yemen's uh, uh, um, um, sack. And in the end, now here's the thing. So that's a long mimer earlier, which we never touched yet. See, we have still something cool to learn. What's going on in that argument between Yosef and Yehuda? We once had him. We I did teach a small mimer in, in Torah about the Kviyah Kesev, but there there's a long idea of what was that drama all about. What is the Kviyah Kesev? What's it doing in Binyamin Sack, and so on and so forth? But we're not going to discuss that today. But in the end of that mimer over there, he explains kesef over there it says he brings the idea that in the days of Shlomo Malach, Remember, I spoke Shabbos and I spoke about Goldie. I said that in Moshe Mashiach, we need the gold, and that's the way it was in the days of Shlomo. In Shlomo Melech's days, they didn't want silver. No, one, like silver was considered uh, um, valueless. So it says over there that Shlomo Melech felt you don't need silver anymore because the the the, the moon was in its it, it, it already in its full. It was fifteen generations since Avram was a full moon. And in this state, he felt you don't need silver anymore. What does that mean spiritually? It means that he he felt silver is the flow from above. It's Yosef energy. Silver, chesed. Gold is gevurah. Gold is fire. Gold is the Mashiach energy. It's the energy flowing from below, fire sprouting, earth erupting with godliness. Silver is light coming from above. Chesed. Shlomo HaMelech felt that he's already in Messianic days. We don't need the silver. He made a mistake. Because true in Mashiach's days, you won't need silver. You won't need silver anymore. Gold will. According to one pirush, in Mashiach, he's. you are going to give two pirush. According to one pirush, in Mashiach's days, you won't need this masculine light at all. And if you can do it, do it away with it, but Shlomo's mistake was that he wasn't at the time of Mashiach yet. He was. He had a little a little spark of Mashiach, but it wasn't yet there. Or he's going to explain. That even though feminine energy will dominate, we won't completely shove away the masculine in their life. It won't be completely. The men will still have a little room in their avod. So therefore, it, it won't be right, even in Mashiach's days, to completely dismiss the silver. You can keep the silver too, it's just be secondary to the gold, obviously. Shlomo <laughs> Meloch was punished on this. If they ain't a moving native, it's not understood well. Based on what we learned over here, Yavur, it will be explained. These two levels of silver and gold. David is gold and Yosef is silver. Yosef, who is the name 45, He is primarily from Chesed. And now I understand something very, very interesting. When the rebbe got married, the Frida Rebbe's daughter, the rebbe's father sends the rebbe a letter, and he says to him, "This that you write to me, that the kedushin ring that you that you used or you're going to use, I think it's after the wedding." was gold was made out of gold is something that completely baffles me and you should ask your father-in-law why because according to kabbalah and according to all all the mr uh, uh, according to the czar it's supposed to be davkov silver and silver is connected to it because silver is love it's keset and it's love and kedusha is masculine energy because the male is giving it to the female So ask your father-in-law. Imagine the Rebbe's father, who's a super Kabbalist, is saying this is something rubbish over here, that your father-in-law, the previous Rebbe, got you a gold ring. <laughs> the answer is, you know, <laughs> free the Rebbe's Yosef, the Rebbe's David. That's already a level of gold. <laughs> so it's, you're right. Generally, generally, it's silver. Rebbe's wedding. Now it's possible that there were other Rabayum. The Rebbe mentions it by bringing like 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 uh, the mystery the Rebbe mentioned about my by my wedding there was a gold a gold ring, or this, this is what the feed Rebbe said, or whatever. But I have to take a look into it a little more about this whole thing, but I'm getting it now. It could it's it's very possible that this was related to this whole situation over here. So again, chasadim which is Marlamat. It's all about bringing godly light down from up down. The famous minor from the Altar Rebbe Parshas uh, Re'eh the Avtor over there, where it says, in the summer we learn about this, it says, Vesanti Katkade, I will make your windows out of katkeid. So the, 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 the it's brought over there, a medrash, a gemara, where it says that there were two two angels that were arguing what is katke. It's a certain precious gem, but what is it? One angel says it's yashpe, and the other one says it's shohel, shoah, meaning it's two different stones. There's an argument, and then Hashem said, let it be like this, I'm like this. That's why it's called kapke. Kadein or Kadein. I'll make it from both. I'll make it from Shoham and Yashpei. They'll be both. So the Al of course, and Al like that goes on to a three-page of like a long uh, amazing mimer. But the Al explains that the y- Shoham is Yosef's stone. Because in the stones of the of Gadol, so the Shoham stone belongs to Yosef. Yashpeh is Binyamin's stone. And Yosef and Binyamin are two different energies. See, Binyamin is more the energy of Yehuda. Malthus. Because Benjamin, you see, remember I spoke about it on Monday night when they had a split of the kingdoms, Yosef took ten tribes, but Binyamin went with Yehuda. And you see even in this week's but Biny- B- B- Yehuda stands for Binyamin, he fights for Binyamin, and he actually wins Binyamin over Yosef because you see in the end, Benjamin almost stick to Yehuda the whole time. Yehuda gets it because Yehuda is willing to give his... Everything for Binyamin. In any case, Binyamin and Yehud have a connection, and according to the mystical aspect, Binyamin is shaykh to Malchus as well, just like did. That's why Shoal, who's a melech, comes from Binyamin, not from Yosef. But in any case, but Binyamin is this feminine energy going upward, and 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 and, and, and that's yash pe yesh pe pe is Malchus upward energy. Anyway. Um, Shoam is downward energy, and the alternative explains it's a different. If you look at the stone, it has a different. Shoam is a very transparent stone, trans, not trans, but yeah, very very clean stone, so it allows light to go through it. Uh, Yashpe has more of a, a sparkle to it because it it it's not so much a just a, a a conduit for light; it's more of a rebounding light. More the light going from bottom up and 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 that's the question of the windows of jerusalem that god says i'm going to make what, what what are they mainly going to be made out of like descending light or rising lights that's that's the whole argument over there. god says it's going to be both but what do you see that, that is bringing you see over there as well yosef is referred to as that kesef the same idea the Shoram stone in Kesef is the same same idea. It's a, it's a down. Shazor Yobcheson Madrege the Yosef. The Shoram stone of Yosef. Hashem, Ayn Sham. Look at that name. el therefore, Kol Yosef That's why Yosef doesn't. Yosef is not busy with, with gold. You don't see any mention of gold with Yosef. You see he's busy with Kesef. First of all, he's gathering all the silver, and then he takes his silver goblet, his silver cup, and he's hiding it. He's dealing a lot with silver. Because that's who he is. He's the man of silver. He's taking all the sparks of chesed canal. He's using it. This is what he's using to elevate, to give us power. He's infusing us with energy to be able to rectify the name of 52, which is all the physical matter that we have to elevate during the time of exile. Through godly light coming from above. So spirituality is enabling us to deal with the material. But once the material is fixed, we don't need anymore the spiritual light, the spiritual flow from above to illuminate because the physical itself is shining. But David, which is Malchus, which is the name of Bam, it's primarily built not from Chesed, it's primarily built from gabura, which is gold. V'hup chinazav, which is gold. If you look at gold, gold is fire. Gold is sparkles. Shupchin It's flames of fire. Atchuka. It's the blazing feminine fire of longing upward. La'alos to return and rebounding light. Mibia going out from the lower worlds. It's an ascending energy. This Yachit to become unified. But soif in the orient soif that is illuminating in Atzilus this great godly light and it's the longing and the fire from below, from the lower worlds to be unified with the great light of Atzilus which expressed in the gold that's why by David itself his complexion was red David was red red represents that longing, that fire with beautiful eyes, but that's that Sparkle of longing upward, and mavu and is explained above, and that's why you see, you know, you realize it. The Rebbe is there ever a person who longed more for Mashiach, who longed the fire. No, not stop. That that's the characteristics of David of Malchus. Until, until the great. Redemption of the future, the plate of Gedolah. So Yosef is the one who dominates. The so Malchus is secondary at surrender to the Zayramp. So Malchus is completely in a state of surrender to Zayramp. And that's why you see the Rebbe, all his years, was completely bottle of a to his father, Yosef. A total bit. the of a Kama the Zohar says in many places, when there is male and female, when both of them are here, all the praise goes to the man, not to the woman. Which means that the the man grabs the attention, but that's only in the current system until Mashiach comes, and we're seeing it in the world as well. Women, for thousands of years, women were in the in the in the back. In back at the back of the stage, they're, they're not in the limelight. Comes the last hundred years or so, and women have completely changed because this is the messianic age, it's a whole change in the dynamics of existence. <speaking in Hebrew> that's why by Yosef it's only mentioned silver, <speaking in Hebrew> that's masculine. <speaking> in, <Hebrew> in the future, tessala, liys, is, is going to rise to be the. Crown of her husband in, in his bar, and we said earlier, Shah to Shlomo. All of Now, we learned earlier that the base on Migdash of Shlomo was futuristic, that's why it was made not out. One of the differences Al Tareb explains of Yosef and Yehuda is Yehuda is stone, and Yosef is wood. Is plant. Yosef, the word Yosef, Yosef means to add, just like a plant that always grows and adds. Stone, inanimate, it doesn't grow. But that's why it's Yehuda. Because the quality of Yehuda, the feminine quality, is complete surrender, the complete debittal, the complete nullification to the end to God in a way of like complete simple faith. Action, deed, all the elements of of surrender as opposed to development and 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 growth. That's all a masculine energy. The energy of the feminine energy is both is yearning, but also a power. Malchus is the power of submission. Obviously, uh, the positive submission, not a negative submission. The ultimate submission to God Himself. Which is the higher end, which allows God Himself to manifest in the thing that's submitting to Him. That's why in the, the, the Mishkan never had the divine presence like the Beis Amigdosh, because it was made out of wood. That means it was made out of an entity that enjoyed being the Mishkan. It was growing from the experience, as opposed to the complete abnegation of self that was in the stones. Stones of the temple. That's, that's Yehuda. And that's why they explained that Shlomo is from the tribe of Yehuda, And it was in Jerusalem, which is the territory of Yehuda, And it was made out of stone. So in a sense, you can say already that once you have the, the temple already, which is made out of stone, we can already expect to drop the silver and move on to the gold. Because that's the quality of the feminine quality. But yet, even though Maybe, as he can explain, and that's why Shlomo Melech didn't want to deal with silver anymore. He rejected silver completely. It's already a little ray of the future. For that reason, it was built only with stone. The stone is very higher, much higher. And that's why Shlomo Melech. Um uh, cherished the gold, and silver wasn't considered anything to him, because he fought, once the moon is at its fullest, Malchus has already risen, now it's already time to make gold the primary thing, why was he punished? the reason he was punished, he's going to give two reasons, True, even though the moon was then in its completion. as remember, we said it's the 15th generation to Avram, the Jewish people of the moon. And Avram is the first day when the moon was shining a tiny bit, the birth of the moon. King David is the 14th, David is Gematria 14 Shlomo is the 15th, so the moon is in its fullness. So we're already in a time, kind of already like messianic times. The Tikkun was not yet. Like we see, it's still taking, we still have two eggs, almost all the exiles happened after that. Right? It was a little flash of that, but it was not, they didn't arrive to that level. That's one reason. So therefore he can't, he can't put away the silverware yet. Another reason. That is Baila. Even when a mouthless will rise to be the crown of her husband, you can't say dismiss the silver completely. Even in a time when it really is Mashiach, God forbid. You can't just take out gevura and dismiss keset completely. There's one pasuk that says. But the moon will be similar to the sun. And you're right. There is a passage that says that the woman will rise above. But there's another positive, that she'll be equal to it. And the and the, the light of the sun will be seven times seven. Which according to that pirush, the moon will rise to the sun, but the sun will be even brighter. So, the, it, on the one hand, it's still showing that there is some kind of a a mila equality in the spiritual and in the masculine light. But in other places, it explains. That when we say the moon will be like the sun, and I, I, I spoke about this recently, and that the and that the sun will be seven times seven, that means the moon will be like the sun. And, and and what kind of sun, what kind of sun will the moon be like? Like the sun after it in the messianic age, when it becomes like a billion times brighter. So that means according to that Pirush, the moon is, isn't any less than the sun. Even, even. In other words, even this pasuk doesn't say the moon is less; the moon is equal. But even, even if we're saying it's equal, it means it's equal. So it's not a total dismissal. And that's the idea. Sun, the sun then in that case would be related to silver, and the moon, as we're saying now, related to gold. <inaudible> if the moon is going to be like the light of the sun of now but the sun will exceed that and go even further but according to that which according to sometimes it says that the moon and the sun will be equal in their height that Malchus and Zeir Anpin will then be on the same level the we can say the Ze'inian Kadkeid that's what it means, It will be like this and like this it means both Yosef and Vidyamin, masculine energy and feminine, will be on the same level. Shlomo wanted to just make it be just returning energy alone. That's why Shlomo was punished that because he dismissed the silver completely. Vidalame. Okay, Kitzer, let's do this little little summary that he does. Yosef gathered all the sparks of Chesed and Mitzrayim, and, the Beis and he brought it to the house of Paro. Galia, he brought it into Malchus for what purpose? It's bringing and it's giving the Jewish people during the time of exile a little by little spurts of light. They should have set Amunah, the Jews' believes, particularly in Mashiach. This is the meaning you gathered to appear for them provisions for the way. For a sustenance, God sent you, until the coming of Mashiach, which is called the Plate of Gedola. She is That's when the energy of Bam of fifty-two will be, ele- will be purified. It will arrive up. It will rise up into sixty-three. and then will be the Nasi. But also spoke on the time of the exile. Now we have to come out to Yosef. But afterwards, the energy, the pendul- the will switch and it will become. Mashiach's energy, David energy completely, and I think that Hei Teves is the day when this switch takes place from Yosef to David because it's the day when the Rebbe was given the previous Rebbe's library that means he receives the full energy from Yosef, and once Malchus receives the full energy from Yosef, and it's completely registered inside of him, then Malchus can open up her own power that's why immediately after that story is when you can see the Rebbe's energy completely switches. And a short or this happened all the year before the Rebitson passes away. But then you see, which I'll discuss in the next year, this amazing dynamic of what took place. And according to my understanding, that's the entire essence of this holiday of Heteus. It's the completion of the flow of energy of Chibor, of Yosef, and Yehuda. Really fascinating stuff. But we'll have to leave that for next week. Monday, Okay. This is for now. Sustaining power for now.